All right. Welcome everyone to Seminar 112, The Commentary. I'm Adam Blanford, the director for Seminar, and joining me are four, well, three writers and then me, and I guess I count as a writer, uh, for this episode. Uh, so joining me is Sarah Palmero. Are you there, Sarah? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Here I am. All right. And Caitlin Kleiman. Hello. And Lisa Michelle. Hello, everyone. I said it right this time, didn't I? You did. You got it right. It only took like three years. <laughs> so this episode is an interesting one because it is a series of ultra shorts. Uh, we've been doing this for about three or four times now. Um, each episode is about five or each short is about five pages long and it tells a, a cohesive story. And so the theme for this particular episode is Appliance AI Survives the Collapse of Civilization. So we are in the, uh, and, and within the rapper universe right now, um, Thomas is on the chopping block. The uh, intergalactic community college that they're teaching at is deciding whether or not to take him apart and render him inert. Or to let him, you know, stay as he is. And we're all hoping that he stays as he is. Yes. I feel like this is this is a Star Trek measure of a man all over again. Yeah, it kind of is. Kind of is. Is he a, is he a sentient life form? But they they all know he's a sentient life form, but they're all just kind of worried about him. Right. He's pretty darn advanced. It. It brought back a lot of memories of, so I, back in my professor days, I used to teach a course called um, Evil Robots and Helpful Droids, and it was a it was a seminar course on artificial intelligence, and one of the things that we did was look at artificial intelligence in fiction and this portrayal of sentient AI as being inherently dangerous and something that would that needs to be stomped on and my objective was always to get the students to think about why was why why was this a repeating theme in our fiction and why not think of AI as, as benign but year after year my courses I, I would create a classroom for all students who felt that all AI research should be stopped immediately <laughs> that's like the exact opposite of what I was thinking of. But that's, you know, that's that's good that they came to their own conclusions and everything. But it was definitely not the direction I was hoping they would go into. Well, I mean, we're, we're seeing with the proliferation of AI, there's good and bad. And, uh, like, particularly with, uh, with what we're doing here with our voice work, the, uh, the idea that the you know, AI could be used to clone our voices without our knowledge or consent, that's, that's evil. Evil for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I I have to say that as somebody who's done research in AI, I am actually very, like, people don't understand why I grumble every time generative AI comes up. And it's like, well, you know, generative AI by itself is not the most horrible thing, but it becomes something that people can use in a very awful way, including, I mean, chat GPT, why can it write scripts? Why can it write fan fiction? Because it took all of the scripts and all the fan fiction that creators like us have put out there to share freely 
and trained models on that. And we're not going to get compensated for our words being used in that way. Just like with the art, you know, the original artists don't get compensated. Yep. So, so I've become the curmudgeon and nobody, nobody where I work gets it. It's like, why aren't you, why are you so anti-chat GPT? It's wonderful. Like, because... I, I absolutely understand that. I've used Jet, Chat GPT, and it's it's definitely uh, it's kind of eerie as to how it does it. But you know, as a lot of people have said, AI is more, or the the generative AI is more of a plagiarism um, engine, and so it just kind of it pulls it pulls stuff out, and it just doesn't it, it doesn't create something new. It just kind of puts together new uh, the existing elements to create something. All right. So now we're in the first short, and this is the safe zone. This was written by Caitlin. That's me. That's you. Are you trying to be Roomba? Maybe. Maybe. You know, it's a good choice. You're gonna be somebody. I mean, Roomba is kind of badass. Really wish they would have come out with just one more software update. I want one so badly. My husband's like, oh, we can clean our own floors. No. No, 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 no. I, I have I have a dumber version of it. I don't have a Roomba, but um, it's, it's pretty, pretty nice to be able to just turn the thing on. Cheeky little guy, aren't you? I meant I was a fan of, of Roomba 3000, though. I, mean, I am solar powered. No, you'd be Thank a fan of Roomba's, too. Much. I mean, the, the floor well, yeah, vacuum yeah. is awesome. <laughs> no, I have one. It's just not a Roomba. It's a, a cheap version. But it's just a dumb vacuum. It doesn't talk. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that this one can talk. It's sentient. And yeah. it still nice turns around. And it bumps into things and turns around. Right? right? I couldn't have it be too powerful. Uh, you know, no. I needed some little handicap. a dumb hunk of metal? So let's see. We have go, dude. Um, uh, Akiva Vita is voicing Roomba 3000. Foot, she was in an now, earlier episode. Bigger um, and then Juan Cruz the third. And then Lily Asuda. It's as good a direction as any. Uh, or they're, they're each voicing characters in this. So, Lily's new. The other two have been in, in other seminar episodes. And so I thought they were delightful. You know I mean, Juan Cruz so, always yes. brings a kind of sassy to, sassiness to it. And then oh, I loved uh, Akiva's uh, voice, it has you know, the way that they pitch their voice. Talented. Yeah. You know, I mean, no, I mean, I added not something everybody can do. Well, I can it, handle it, this. They did great. Did that actually work? We're almost to the safe zone. Follow. And obviously, Ugh. you added some editing it's there. So Adam embarrassing when they're really talented and can actually oh, make themselves sound like something. No, no, no. So I, I will <laughs> say this episode. Saying, so a, a recurring me. theme for seminar is that I regularly forget to submit sound effects because uh, I don't go to Sound Snap and pull out the sound effects like I'm supposed to. So all of the sound effects that you're hearing, I did. I turned on my my uh, vacuum cleaner and I kicked it several times. Oh, yeah, that's right. You told me and, you got the proper foley. Yeah, I, I, I did major foley this episode. That's great. And I used existing, like, I, I mean, I have a pretty big effects library from earlier episodes, so I just pull all that stuff in. But... You know, why do, why do things the easy way and request sound effects that are exactly appropriate when you just make them up? 
I mean, maybe you wouldn't have found just the right, like, Roomba sound effects, though. You know? Like, maybe you would have ended up doing this anyway. Exactly. Exactly right. I, I understand that. As a space where the last bastion of humanity could be safe. Only Elliot comes in. Uh, Elliot! You're not seriously gonna let this happen. I... Listen, uh... But 3000 seems to make the rules around here, so I'm just little vacuum. Roomba 3000, we can talk about this. I hated that guy anyway. Uh, favor. <laughs> Back to the rapper. Yes. <laughs> One of the things that I was thinking about with Kate, uh, with your um, your short, Caitlin, was um, my daughter always makes a point of being very nice to our yeah our, our Google Home. She's always yeah. saying nice and thank you because you know because she always says like because you know, yeah. You, you never, never know. know when the machines are going to become self-aware and they're going to remember that shit and they're going to come yeah. after you. Yeah. All right. One human so, might not like it, but we finished up with the safe zone, and I, I mean, I before I had to well, stop and go deal with children. Um, yeah. You know, we had the the fact that you have to be nice to the AI, or else they'll rise up and kill you. Or let you be killed by other things. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That, That's the whole true. Rumor three thousand. That was more of a passive thing. Like I'm not gonna help you. You know. Mm -hmm. Just a little longer. All right. Wait for it. So Sarah, Wait. Well, can you tell me about this episode or this short? Um, I kind of wanted to stay away from, or try to stay away from Doom and Gloom, which is why I wrote <clears throat> Copper as being sort of like Rise overly and shine, optimistic everybody. and friendly it's and everything. And I wanted it to, yeah, I mean, that's basically uh, the base of what I wanted. I wanted something that wasn't now, like, oh, it's no terrible, we're all going to die. Day. Even though that's, hot black yeah, coffee pouring. if you listen to it, you, or you've listened okay. to it, I hope, you know that <laughs> no, that's the way it goes. Again. But not for you, not I wanted somebody you, to be Belle, trying to keep things the way the they were and be happy and in the norm. And of course, of all things that would be happy and perky would be the coffee maker. Thanks. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Well, teapot, but yeah. Of course <laughs> yeah. you can. Coffee maker, teapot, whatever. Uh, You're always so negative. Steam powered, give it a try. happy. Yes. Just give it but a try. Of course, try because, because she has to be, right? It's not my turn, Dean. Well, I, I think. When I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I mean, when I was casting this, I, I was like, I need someone who is like psychotically happy. Someone who just. <laughs> they're happy because their mind is. Threatening to, you know, just, just fracture into pieces. Desperately happy, right? That's the toast. phrase that I would use. T, maybe you could make some toast. Warm, melty butter and a nice cold. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> T, remember? I suck up that five-year-old egg just to keep them well, this happy. This was a, a, just a great cast. Um, let's see. Yes, yes. So, uh, so Catherine J. Jarvie there. is playing Copper. Rotting. And there we have uh, Carlo Diniega as T squared, and uh, Denise uh, Carabajal as Velix. I thought they all had a very nice balance. And the, the challenge here was, how do I make the AI sound different with each scene? I tried never to replicate the same AI voice in any short. So that's why I distorted one, and I I kind of overlaid another one, and then changed the the pitch a little bit. 
it came out all right. I like it. I like no, the fact that, Cooper, that it's all different. I also really like there the fact that, that T-squared sounds glitchy. Like, for some reason, that really tickled me. As opposed to just being sounding mechanical, that he sounds glitchy. Like, he's... Any second he's oh. gonna short out. I yeah, I added in. So what I did was I, I fiddled with the. Uh, I, I think it was a high pass filter, and then added some distortion into it. And then uh, you know, like with Roomba, all I did, I actually changed the. I had two tracks of the same voice, and then I changed the pitch on one. I'm trying to keep things the way they are. I kind of played around with different techniques to change the voices so that they were all all unique, and we weren't hearing the same stuff. I think it works really well. Please Thank you. There's no mm -hmm. Right, I mean, they're all different devices, so of course their voice modulators would be different, or whatever you want to call them. Do you? I'm not so sure. I know, I do. I just... I just don't want things to be this way. really somber music. That's the thing about an Ultra Shorts episode. You need like 15 pieces of music. Making coffee and eggs and toast and cleaning, then it doesn't have to end. the music on the dime. We don't have to be useless. I don't It's like a patchwork quilt. We're not useless, cop. We're just running out of time. How is that better? We're not running out alone. Yeah. I really if like, um, I'm sorry, I don't remember her name. It's terrible, but I don't remember her name. Keeping us on routine. Think about much the nicer uh -huh. um, could be. I really like that her nice. voice for that character. How can the I, end of anything? I think when I was writing nice. it, I was thinking that we might we go French, and it's nice. And when I heard her, I was like, "Oh no, that's better. I like it." Just like, yeah. break the break the the idea. I I liked I I liked the sass. In the, in the audition and so the, 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 there's a lot of lot of sass there and so i mm -hmm. really looking for that because you know i mean velix has kind of had enough yeah and t squared has had enough i'm like i think i wrote in the in the uh the notes t squared you know you're you're kind of the disapproving dad and you've had enough of this shit and then uh, you know with, you know velix you're at the end of your rope and then copper you are trying to be happy at all costs right yeah yeah I guess that's all right. At least we have coffee. <sighs> These poor machines have been voicing Vic to do simple menial tasks. They are given the really? ability to think. Yeah, it's nice to talk. Yes, although it doesn't sound at all like them. So. No, 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 no. no. He, he actually gave me notes. He's like, okay, so for this voice, I think we should we should change the pitch and increase the speed. And I'm like, okay, great. The story actually shows that the tragedy of the destruction of humanity leaves scars on what they left behind. That's kind of echoes of um, the the movie AI. Well, that's... That, you know, they, they don't... Mm. Without without their purposes, they don't know what to do with themselves. Yep. Oh, yeah, I wrote My this Lord one. Alexander, <laughs> I bring greetings from a while. Surprise! For your ascension to so... You know, if you've, if you've ever heard any of the things that I've written before, I usually go for the snarky, smart-ass comedy kind of stuff. And um, I, I was the only one who didn't really go. I, I, I went dramatic this time. Yeah. And because uh, originally I thought, 
We, I, I thought to myself, hey, what what if uh, originally it was like all the AI, you know, they they consider projected you know, decline the uh, future crop yields. You know, the Apple Watch to be an oracle. I'm not sure how to keep and they, they kind of worship it as a god. And but then I thought, the more I thought about it, it's like you know, I could go, I always go with comedy. I need to go more dramatic with this. And so I uh, I started kind of reworking the script. And the whole the thing about the speaks. about the nitrogen and the thank you and, and all that fun stuff um, welcome, that Alexander. comes from my archaeology training. I am here to guide you nice. into a brighter yeah. future. Yeah, yeah, because if you if you plant night if you plant maize and beans together, then they will uh, they'll help refix High nitrogen and soil. That is incredible. Yeah. So we are entertained I can't and educated. You have the exactly. Mm -hmm. On your wrist. The great calamity took many things from us, but the ancestors wove their knowledge into the air. This talisman is the best link to their wisdom. Gaia. He who talks to Gaia is a very powerful <laughs> man indeed. The startup sounds is great, like, yes. punctuation in there. We also discuss military like, okay, strategies then. regarding the Faroes. I think they're amassing their forces, and we'll be hard-pressed if we do not mobilize. I will not provoke a conflict with them. We should pursue peace in all things, Ryo. Peace at the pointed end of a knife is no peace at all, brother. My word is final, Ryo. I will brook no further argument on the matter. As you wish, my lord. <laughs> so that's Rissa Montanez as the uh, voice of, uh, of Gaia. Of course, Gaia. She has a lot of experience voicing AI-based characters, and so when she auditioned, it was, it was great, because she's really good at it. Yeah. It's like, okay, you need to be really kind of helpful, but, you know, with an agenda. <laughs> my lord, forgive my unannounced entry. Ryo, I haven't seen you in six months. The Perros have entered a while from Anjana and annexed border this towns. Is Chris Rogers. They're saying they're carrying out the will of citizenry there. Ancestors above. And this is Paul Contento. Ariana. And Bobby Chet is as Adriana. Ariana, go with Ryo to the Ohio and Jana border to seek parley with the Periots. And are these all actors who have worked? A parley? With that before? is capitulation. Uh, let's see. So Chris has worked. They're going to Chris attack Ohio now with that us they have before. A we Rissa has worked with another military with the Kingery as, as Reyes, and then uh, I'm not sure about Paul or, or Bobby. I think they're new. Military strategy. No, that's really cool. We will not it's one of the things I love most about Pendant: the opportunity for new people to come become involved at any time. Yeah. yeah. I always it, it's always great when we have the, the Ultra Shorts episode. There are a ton of work here. Exhausting. I turned this one in three weeks late because it took so much work. But it's great because they don't feel. Like Guards, there's more roles to give to people, to mm -hmm. whereas if there's like four roles in an episode, it's always heartbreaking because there's so many good respect. choices and so many people who want to want to to try out and yes, yes, yeah, allow you to your yeah. Energy. I always encourage people who are feeling down about not being able to get roles. I say, oh, you gotta listen to the pendant audition hey, lists because. There are Hello. always opportunities, you know, all the time, and and so they don't have a, a set cast, and you know, for the for a seminar. So you can always have an opportunity for the next episode. How do I keep him from killing us all? And it's a good way to get in the door. I mean, if you if you work or do a seminar episode, there's a possibility that sometime in the future, someone's going to come back to you and say, "Hey, I have this part in another show. Do you want to do that or audition for that?" Yeah, so it's a good way to get in. 
No yeah, and, and not just with the acting, with the writing. Which, speaking of writing, be done. if you're listening out there and you want to Sorry, submit a script brother. for seminar, go ahead. We need script. No sacrifice. Right now, it can't I am, be the same people every time. Yeah, I mean, right now we're kind of on hiatus because we don't have enough scripts for 113. Oh man. So, I'm entirely too well unpaid to sit here and do nothing. <laughs> Thank you for suggesting this game. I have a few ideas, but I haven't. Thank you. I haven't been able to figure out something that would that I have a full idea yet. To I know the feeling. I will lead oh, you into a brighter future. Yes. Well, also my brain, my, my, all my creativity tends to get sapped by my dungeon mastering. So. That's fair. It's a lot. But I did love that 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 um, surprise twist at the end. By the way, Adam, I did, I did not see it coming at all. If there was foreshadowing there, I completely missed I don't know. I can't remember if I foreshadowed. That would require conscious thought and planning. I just kind of fly by the seat of my my And we bounce right into mine. Yep. So I want to give a little bit of context here. I, as I said, um, when we weren't recording, uh, my background is computational linguistics, and I've been working on conversational AI, AKA chatbots, for a long time. And for my past company, I worked on a wine recommendation chatbot. So that was very much the inspiration here. Um, that like I did a lot of work on building the ontology of food information that would make her almost impossible to stump. And so I was leaning heavily into that for this. <laughs> I did still have to do like I did research on, first of all, foods that would survive the apocalypse. So that's where Chef Boyardee and um, peanut butter and beans and rice come from. And then yeah, and then I looked canned salmon. Yeah, and then I looked up like what wines would be, <laughs> and what the kinds of words a sommelier would use to describe these things. So I, I so did that love the, the description of Chef Wardy. It seems like it would be accurate. I haven't had it in like twenty years. <laughs> the undefinable, undefinable meat. Yes, it's you know it's questionable, but because it's not really food, it lasts a long time. <laughs> I don't know, at least two years. And if you could look in the wine, because I, I, I did, go ahead, go ahead. You mentioned you no, go say, ahead. I, lo I love wine, but I don't know anything wine. about wine. So I'm not a wine snob at all. Just put some in front of me, I'm happy. So <laughs> I had to do a fair amount of research to get that information. I, I wondered what your your what your wine knowledge was. I my my in-laws um, were or, or I should say my, my mother-in-law. My father-in-law passed away last month, but uh, they they were uh, big foodies, and so they they know a ton about wines. They've got an ex extensive wine collection, and uh, so I, I was sitting there going, I wonder what they would say listening to this. <laughs> well, all of the information that I have, I did you know I looked it up. I actually found someone who had like wine recommendations for Chef Boyardee. <laughs> so I did re I did research that. I didn't I, I used you know I stole the recommendations and I and I and I then you know sort of used their language as a basis of coming up with my own descriptions. But um, when we moved into this house there was a wine cellar built into the basement and 
It was, I think we, we figured out it was had a capacity of about 250 bottles. And we wow. ripped it all out because you know, it's like, I don't, I have like a box of wine in my fridge. Because if I wanted a glass, it doesn't make sense for me to open a bottle. So I'm, I'm really um, not sophisticated. I'm much more fussy about my beer tastes than wine. But yeah, for sure. I, I mean, they look at me funny when I drink I the, I the wine out of the bottle. I'm like, what? I do that with beer. <laughs> have enough food for maybe another week but if you're going to remind me what i'm missing every single time i am not staying so i i week. i remember writing the description for uh, for for lux and the uh, the description i came up with was overly helpful if sometimes overbearing sommelier i love the way the voice actor did that it was beautiful is in the special See, vault. That did you check that? Let me the, pull that up. The what? The special oh. vault. There is a small secondary wine cellar under the kitchen. Tianima is the uh the left side is Pat. The top, you will see the keypad for entry. Uh, I think I used this music in, in the last short you wrote, Lisa. It looks like it is powered too. <laughs> What's the combination? Philip C. I'm sorry, Pat. As I do not know okay. the combination. Wow. Philip C did a great job. It's like, no. <laughs> this can't be happening to me. <laughs> no. The rage and despair. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Throwing that things around. Of, no. <laughs> so close, and yet, no. And I threw the O'Donnells in there. I, I was waiting to see if my husband reacted when we were listening to it earlier today, but that, those were the people who owned the, the house that we live in. <laughs> that was the name of the family who lived here with the O'Donnells. I'm like, okay. The ones who had the extensive wine cellar, so. Well, I mean, how rich were these guys to have a secret wine cellar? I know, a special one. Well, big enough to walk in. I mean. bottles down here. <laughs> oh, that fully was me walking down the stairs with my laptop. So, like I said, I boiled the water. You know, every one of these shorts had some kind of sound effect that I came up with. That's cool. So, fully artist. I think you just might be right. So. I always think of this musical track as I, I call it the Doctor Who soundtrack because it's like it's the second when the Doctor gets some kind of idea where he's going to blow up the enemy. <laughs> so I should give a shout out to Jeff Robinson. He is the he, he took over as Rectecaloon. I had to contact Garen Fitzgerald and go, Garen, how in God's name did you do the sound effects for Rectecaloon? Because I can't replicate those. Featuring yeah. the voice talent and so he actually sent Richard me a video of how to do it. Jeff oh, wow. Robinson is I was going to say, did he help? <laughs> and VC Give Morris you some inside Nick secrets on how to make the, the safe zone. Well, originally it was like, you know, half the fun is just coming up with stuff on your own. I'm like, well, nobody else could make those kind of, you know, burbling, like farting noises like he makes. Nothing I do is going to compare. And uh, he was like, okay, point taken. I'll, I'll send you the files. And then he sent me a, a helpful, like, six-minute-long video on how to put everything together. Oh, that's great. Paul Contento as King Alexander. Chris Rogers as Ryo. Rizzo Montañez as Gaia. 
and Bobby Chet so as a note to the audience in this Adam version Bradford, this is this is final mix number three that I'm playing um, I wrote the credits and I recorded the credits and I forgot to put the writers names in there so you're not hearing it in this version but if you listen to the actual version of the episode you'll hear that they're credited by Catherine pride and Tilly Bridges yeah we were we were gonna riot Adam we were gonna be like that's it it's like that's it I'm not writing for seminar anymore never Never again. I wouldn't write for it either because, you know, I didn't get credited either. I wouldn't work for me. <laughs> but at least you get mentioned. True. True. I did uh, I, I did mix this and, and it this was a pretty complex one to do, but I had a lot of fun kind of, you know, putting together all those different soundscapes and um, I think it all came together really well. I agree. And it's yeah. a good episode. All right. Thank you so much. Um, again, this was Seminar 112 Commentary, and uh, Sarah Palmero, Caitlin Kleiman, and Lisa Michaud, thank you so much for joining me. And please, feel free to write some more scripts. Caitlin, you wrote like mm. half the scripts between Seminar 80 and 106, <laughs> and I'm expecting to see more scripts from you. No, now I'm out. That was it. Met the quota. It's all done now. Jeez. I just busted out like 10 years worth in a few months. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, go. so why did get you do it now when I need you? <laughs> I write glacially slow. You write fast. So Thanks, let's Joe. let's just sure. like pick up the pace here. Well, we'll see. We'll see. All right. <laughs>